My name is Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Suela Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we are doing a much-awaited deep dive on Bad Bunny's sophomore album, Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana. Yes, we've known this was coming for a while. I feel like he's been teasing it with emojis on social media for like months now. <laughs> Palo, 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 palo. Just a lot of little like eyes, eyes. (laughs) Um, So luckily we knew, I mean, it was pretty like, obviously he went on Fallon the night before, so we knew it was coming. So we got to like be on our toes a little bit to get this together for y'all. Yeah, yeah. And the song that we are starting with today is the first song on the record, Let's take a listen to it again. It's called Si Veo Tu Mama. So I feel like the second that I heard this, I pressed play on this album and I heard the melody from Girl from Ipanema, like on like some like cushy, like kiddo style synth. I was like, oh my God, is it possible that Benito fucking did this again? That he fucking killed it? Because I found this totally genius. I love this song and I think it's a really strong opener. Yeah, this was my favorite on the album. It was actually a little hard to like follow it for me. Like I feel like it set my expectations really high and then I didn't get this exact um, feeling again, which was kind of almost like a little bit of a bummer, I think. But I, because I was like, oh, this is so fucking good. And I think it's just like the kind of mood I'm looking for. Um, And this feels like a really like bright, an upbeat song um, and the rest of the album I think has a pretty different mood so but I this was my favorite like hands down and I didn't even really get the reference exactly but I just um, like I didn't I didn't know the what what he was sampling I didn't catch it but I like love 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 the sound and um, you know talking about something hard which is like a breakup and sort of like what happens when you see them like the person you were dating and her mom, you know, like a kind of a relatable thing, I think, but, um, yeah, totally. but has this really like upbeat, um, feel to it, which I really, really liked and felt like light and poppy in a way that, you know, we're going to go through a lot of the album, um, but in a way that the rest of it didn't feel to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. So I was like, wow, I heard this was like, wow, I think Benito maybe did it again. And I think, you know, spoiler alert, he, in my opinion, didn't. (laughs) I think that Por Siempre is a better album. Um, I think this is a really solid album. This is a really solid album. You know, it's got 20 fucking tracks, which Mm -hmm. like, yo, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like maybe it could have been useful to do some editing, but also like, I don't know. There's a (laughs) lot of like shit on here that's going to do well at the club. It's going to do well on the radio. And that's not like bad, you know, it's just like not maybe like super impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, some stretches of it for me. But there are definitely a few on here that I think are fucking fire and that still make this a really um, exciting album. Yeah. I still, like, want to argue And, you know, like, a win for Bad Bunny. Right. I still kind of want to argue people to slow the fuck down, you know? Like, it just seems like there's such a pressure to produce, produce, produce on a time frame that just feels to me, unsustainable to like, you know, creative work doesn't necessarily flow like that. And I mean, I don't know yeah. what, what's going yeah. on behind his head. And I think once, when we get to the last song on this album, maybe we'll, we'll get a little bit more insight about like where he's at, but, um, but yeah, I'm just like, take your time, put out something that's really like the best you can do. You know, I mean, this album is good for sure, but I don't know. It's just a lot of pressure to to keep putting out hits. It is. It is. Sometimes I'll see people on Twitter that are like, you know, like Bad Bunny, this summer he'd be like tweeting some shit and like people would reply being like, where's the fucking album? I'm like, y'all need to calm the fuck down. First of all, this motherfucker owes you nothing. Right? Like, nobody owes you anything, much less their fucking art. Second of all, like, are you all, like, familiar with creative processes at all? They're fucking fickle. Like, so I, you know, there is so much pressure and so much of it sometimes comes from fans. And I'm just like, how can you be a fan of a person and, like, treat them that way? (laughs) You know? It's really rough. And, I mean, this is, like, a known thing in the creative world, like, the sophomore slump, like... It's really true for books too. Like people work on their first, their debut forever because there's no, nobody's waiting right, for it. Right. There's no pressure for it. And then they, they have a big hit and then they have to follow it up. Like I actually just, um, heard a really interesting, uh, interview with the guy who wrote the fault in our stars, which was like a YA, like breakout hit, um, about two kids with cancer mm. who are in love and like how difficult it was for him to like do something after that hit, you know, like I just, it's just a common thing that happens. And so I feel like he's just, I'm just like, wow, this is really fast. You know, the amount he's producing, including like the stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. and Oasis too. I mean, it's just like, wow. So. Right. I don't know. Um, right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think that there's like, there's definitely a lot of exciting things on here and I've been excited about a lot of this, a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff on here. Um, and some of it is just like, you know, fine. And that's (laughs) fine too, you know, but it's not like, we'll talk about it more as we get through more of the songs. But, you know, I think this, this first song, like uh, from like, actually just like the sonic aesthetic of Girl from Ipanema, this like, you know, like very like Bossa Nova style, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, thing to like, you know, the theme on Girl from Ipanema is like about this girl who's just like lovely you know so it's like who's like a breath of fresh air and like so like that that theme like and he's talking about this girl that he like misses and he broke up with but he's better off without and he wishes her the best like it's like it all like conceptually really works and press play on this album and I've been like playing it over and over in prep for this episode 
and when this song comes on, I just want to like wave my hands in the air and like do like a slow, like little, it's just like such a fucking vibe. I really yeah. fucking love it. Yeah, me too. It's a really strong start. And so we're, there's, you know, 20 songs on this album, which yeah. is, I think too many for, I, I can't think of an album that has 20 songs where <laughs> I love all of them, but we're going to skip around a little bit um, and, you know, we'll address some of the songs. We're not going to play all of them. We don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. But, you know, one of the songs that, like the song that's after that called La Difícil is one of the singles that's like, it has a, it has a visual. And I just wanted to talk about it really quick, even though we're not going to play it because it has this line in it where it's like about this woman um, who, que se hace la difícil, and he says, tiene todos los nenes locos y a las nenas locas, and I was like, yes, bitch, bisexual visibility. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I that, was yeah. really, really into that. Well, that connects, I mean, to the couple of things from him, right? There's number one is like the political kind of choice he made when he went on Jimmy Fallon and wore the shirt that referenced yes. the murder of Alexa, the trans woman who was murdered in Puerto Rico like last week. Um, and that was a really huge statement, like in support of a trans woman and in solidarity with like the trans community. So that was pretty emocionante, you know, that he did that. Um, and then he took that step on such a big stage. Yeah. I have to say like, it like almost made me cry mm-hmm. just because I was so upset that like, you know, there's like all these videos, you know, like he has in one of this, one of the songs that we're not going to play that's on this album, Ignorantes mm-hmm. featuring Sech. Mm-hmm. And that video, it really touched me because it has so many scenes of queer love, like queer and trans love. And like, you know, like as a person who's been like out for a while and who like, you know, for long enough that like it felt really fucking different to mm-hmm. be out when I first came out than it does now. Right. Um, like, I was like, wow, it's really sweet to see, like, that. And then, like, this woman, Alexa, was murdered. And, like, everybody in Puerto Rico, like, all the queer people in Puerto Rico estaban de luto. You know what I mean? It was, like, a, such a big deal. And, like, Bad Bunny didn't say anything. And I was like, you know, like, mucho feminismo, mucho, mucho apoyo queer until it's time to fucking say something. And I was, mm. like, tight that Bad Bunny didn't say something. So when he went on Fallon and, like, wore that shirt and wore a skirt being, mm-hmm. like... You know, like, this is what a man in a skirt looks like. Y'all killed a woman. Her name was Alexa. Right. You know, like, that really, it meant so much to me. I was like, okay, boo. All right. All right. (laughs) I take it back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, a a much bigger statement than, like, posting on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, that takes it. Yeah. That that puts a lot at risk for him. Yeah. He was waiting for, like, a bigger moment, which is actually super fucking cool and then he also in an interview with the la times talked about his sexuality which is something that you know i feel like everybody's been speculating about over the years (laughs) that he's been especially us um and he said it does not define me at the end of the day i don't know if in 20 years i will like a man one never knows in life but at this moment i'm heterosexual and i like women and i feel like that's a pretty progressive thing to say you know what i mean like he's like i am who i am but like cosas cambian you know like i'm not gonna i'm never gonna say never and like it's, I mean, I think it reflects a generational difference too, right? I think, and that, I think the the way he's talking about it, there is like something about people in his generation that are just like a little bit less pressed about it, you know, but it's a big deal it's for him very to say secure. that. It's very secure in his masculinity, you yeah. know, he's like, it's not what makes me, you know, like, which is right. like very sexy, very good. Yeah. And, you know, like. I, 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 what made me laugh was that Jabuki tweeted, now we wait. 
Yeah, right, right, right. Wait that. for He's the like, right. Now we wait. Wait for the right man to turn him or something. Yeah, I'm impressed that we don't oh, know who he's dating. Like how? I'm impressed that he's able to keep that private. Like I don't even know what yeah, privacy looks yeah. like when you're. He's a very shy boy. Everybody yeah. that I know that has interviewed him and talked to him is like he's very shy, very private. You know. Right. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, I think people deserve privacy, and it's really hard to get at that Hell yeah. level. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, you know, as we'll talk about later, fame seems to really be taking a toll on him. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. you know, pobrecito. He deserves as much privacy as, as, he, as, as he, wants. he can get. Yeah. As he wants, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I was wondering about with La Difícil is, like, it really sounds a lot like reggaeton al oscuro by Wisin mm. Yandel. Did you catch that? I didn't, but now that you say it, I can hear it. It feels like... I would say that it was, like, a reference, but it's a little surprising for that to be a reference because it's sort of new and, like, so much of what this album references are, like, old classics and sort of, like, an old... I see this album as, like, an ode to, like, you know, the Puerto Rican classics that sort of made him. Right, Um, especially as we go on. Like, um, so far, we haven't gotten there yet, but we will. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, it's a good song, so... Yeah, it's cute. I'm Mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. It's my vibe right now. (laughs) all right so i feel like this is the track that everybody's talking about from this album i don't know if you agree but i've seen Mm, i would say that there's a different track that's okay track but this is definitely among there okay this is definitely among the tracks that people are are talking about and you know at least in my circle so you know like we're talking to different people your people might all be talking about this one yeah so um so but this one is i think a really fun one yeah should we take a listen to it? Yeah, yeah, this is Yo Perreo Sola. Antes tú me pichabas, tú me pichabas. Ahora yo picheo. Antes tú no querías. No querías. Ahora yo no quiero. No. Antes tú me pichabas. Ahora yo picheo. Antes tú no querías. Ahora yo no quiero. No. Tranqui, yo perreo sola. Yo perreo sola. fucking good mm-hmm. and one of the things that is super frustrating oh, about so this frustrating. is that like why isn't the female vocalist's name here on as a feature i'm so you know, I think she's, she's credited on as a writer or like as a singer but like she's not like it's not like featuring nessie like she's the not on the name track is list at all yeah like you have to really dig no. for it it's so fucked no, up no. it's so fucked up i'm like why dude like you are 
you are doing so many different things differently and you're trying to be so political and whatever and then you can't even fucking do this like it's literally a song that centers her experience and her voice and you can't fucking name her right it's so frustrating to me and you know we talked about this before when we went into our deep dive on Oasis and and on that song it was like even less of like a a central role right right but this one is like it feels like a definite feature and i'm tight about it it's like mucho feminismo y para qué yeah. el nombre de la mujer cabrón you know right it's just basic it's so basic i don't know if it's just like there's some dynamic around like how big does somebody have to be to be a feature like how big does their name have to be and like there's got to be a way to credit the voice without it having to be, you know, like there's, and this, so this. Yeah, well, you know what? If you want somebody to be, if you want somebody big on there, get fucking Nadine Natasha. Get right. like, I don't fucking know. Like, if you need it to be a big name, like, do that. And if you don't fuck with her and you fuck with Nessie instead, like, give her the fucking cosign. Right. So that's who this is. It's Puerto Rican singer songwriter Nessie. Yeah, it's really um, disappointing and basic. And I don't understand why he, you know, I mean, the, the title of this album is, you know, the short for yo, que, yo hago lo que me da la gana. So, like, I do what I want. You know, it's like, okay, you're going to break all these other norms. Like, why are you sticking with this one? You know, like. Yeah, it's a, it's not a great one to stick to. No. It's, it's just like throwback in a way that's not fun. No, no, <laughs> you know? no. It's not the kind of throwbacks we need. No, no. And the song is really good. <laughs> like, And the song is yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's really it's fun. Good. It's a good one. It's really fun. I think that, like, it's, um, again, that, like, you know, the, I mean, I think that, like, the female vocalist chorus is, like, really, like, it's, like, a very, very indicative of a certain time in um, in reggaeton and it's it's really like it's really fun to mm-hmm. be like no tranqui yo perreo solo yeah tranqui like, yeah, like it's tranqui. so great mm-hmm. it's so great it's like mm, no 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 antes tú me pichaba ahora yo picheo like mm-hmm. we good honey like mm-hmm. I'm fine and so this one is also a vibe for me for yeah. sure yeah it definitely has an Evie Queen vibe in terms of like the the message of it you know makes me yeah it's yeah, like why can yeah. she be on this I don't know I don't know <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Evie Queen, I mean, I love her, but to be fair, she's never been like the girl that's like, the you voice. know, doing the like chanteo that's like, that's true. you know, a response. To she's like got this like deep, you know. Yeah, no, she wouldn't be the right voice. Both. She's yeah. not the right person no, for right this, voice. although I do love her and I would have, right. I would have been excited to see her as a feature. <laughs> yeah, it still like, it still feels like there's such an absence in terms of her collaborating with these other like younger dudes and I don't I want to know why you know I don't know what the Mm -hmm. story is there we've Mm -hmm. talked about that before yeah for sure but this is a it's a fire track it's really good one of the things that uh I think is a really nice little self-reference for Bad Bunny here is that she says no creen amores de amor fola which is like an older single of his from like you know 2018 Mm, it's like a little easter egg for the hardcore yeah fans. yeah and i think that that's one of the cool things about this is i feel like there's so many little easter eggs so many little references you know like on la santa daddy yankee is you know like also like references one of his own like Ta calentándote, yo calentándome, which is like a throwback to aquí tu caldo from <laughs> from like way back in like 2003 you know mm-hmm. i feel like there's so many like little references and this is one of the things that i think that this album ultimately is like about Puerto Rico for Puerto Rico 
it's like if you grew up on this shit and you like were listening this from like desde el principio hasta ahora, like you're catching so many things. Mm -hmm. You're catching so many, so many things. And like it's just like dope. It's filled, it's everywhere, right? And it's like hard to explain unless like you were there and you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, I don't think he's trying to speak to like a mainstream audience, you know? I feel like he's, he's not necessarily focused on like, making this palatable for a mainstream, which has never really been his thing anyway. I mean, I think a couple of different um, journalists have said this, right? That he's kind of like making pop come to him, sort of. Like he's he's kind of staying as the the center and moving it toward him rather than trying to go towards someone else's center. Yeah, when we were having a conversation about this album, um, you know, when we were putting this together before any of these reviews came out, we were just like talking about whether, you know, like I feel like this is a pop album. Right. Right. And we were like having like a sort of argument about like, you know, is this pop because it does have like some other, you know, like there's some, you were arguing that it has like some like other harder sounds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think it sounds like a, I think the first song sounds like a pop song and I think the rest of it is like heavy and dark and like fun and, good a lot of it but not poppy and not light not um commercial in that particular kind of way Mm. see i i feel like this does sound like pop to me i feel like this is to me like yo hago lo que me da la gana is like a solid pop album and i think that what feel what we were talking about yesterday is like when i was trying to explain this is like i feel what i feel like what he's done is like he's moved the barometer maybe for what pop is right you know like now this is pop this is what pop sounds like in 2020 you know like and i think that's like maybe similar to what folks are saying it's like no you cross over to me right 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 Um, which is a very different yeah it's a very different approach and it comes from a position of like power and confidence you know he's not trying to pander to anything which is not an easy place to stand, necessarily. Yes, Bad Bunny with a big dick energy, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to talk about our membership program. So, March is our birthday hey, month. Hey, feliz cumpleaños. So, if you want to say happy birthday to us and you can do it, we would love it, love it, love it if you joined our membership program. Yeah, if you've been on the fence, you're like, I don't know, maybe not this month, like this is the moment. We're four years into this, y'all. Four fucking years. It's it's a thing, yo. It's a thing. It's a lift. It's a lift. Every week, it's a lift. Um, And... Having a regular stream of income and knowing how much support we can rely on helps so, so much for us in terms of doing our planning and stuff. And so the last couple of years, we've done like a birthday campaign and we've asked you to give us money via Venmo or like a little regalito. And this month, we're really asking you to consider um, becoming a member. It's $5, 10 or $15 a month, whatever you can afford. And it really, really, really means the most to us. It really does. It means the most of us that you listen. It means the most to us that you share our episodes. Um, and if you can swing it, it really means a lot if you can join our member program. Yeah. And you will get access to a members-only feed of the podcast. It'll come right into your phone. It'll be really easy to connect with. And that feed will have... Um, a special bonus member segment on pretty much every episode. On this episode, you would have heard us talk about one of the tracks on this album that we didn't um, include in the full episode. And you also get a podcast 
episode that's ad-free every week. So you won't have to hear these pitches anymore and you'll get a little bit of extra content as a, as a thank you for your support. We'll put a um, link in the show notes to the membership program if you're ready to sign up as a Feliz Cumpleaños to us. Um, but we'll also put a link to our Venmo and our PayPal. If you just don't have $5 a month, if that's just too much for you, but you still want to send us something as a thank you for providing this content for you for free, um, you can do that and we totally will welcome that as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, back to the episode. So the next song that we're going to feature on here is one that I thought was really fucking fun. It's the sixth track on the album. This is called Bichillal, and it's featuring, holy shit, Yavia. So this is another one that I think is like a total mood. It's really fucking fun. And I feel like the fact that they... The fact that Bad Bunny included Javia on here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like, is amazing. I feel like his verse, like, fucking takes it. You know, I feel like his verse is the one that's really, really the one that's a standout verse on here. So I didn't actually know um, who he was when I saw this. Yeah, he's like an old school fucking like an OG. Puerto Rican? And yeah, yeah, Puerto Rican, like from like back in the day. And, I, you know, like I haven't seen a lot. Of, you know, I don't, to, to my knowledge, I, I haven't seen him releasing stuff recently. So it's really cool to see him on here. And I think that one of the things that is really dope about this album is the features. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to Safaira, um, but I think that the features on here are this like fun combination of like newer artists and like cosigns, right? Like um, you know, like Such and uh, Mike Towers, for example, right? Who are both like black artists who are doing um, Urbano right now, and it's dope to see uh, Bad Bunny using his platform to 
to co-sign those folks. Um, and, you know, like there's also, we'll talk about it a, a couple of other ones later, but I think the things that were the, the features that were super exciting for me to see on here were like all of these OGs, you know, not just Javia, but you've got like Nyengo Flow, you've got like fucking Joel y Randy, you know, you've got mm -hmm. like Kendo Caponi, like El Papi Arcangel, you know, like you've got like all these motherfucking old school, like solid ass motherfuckers that like really, really bring you back. I just feel like the fucking taste jumped out. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yes, yes, yes. I was so hyped to see these things. Um, and, and so, and this song I feel like is really fucking dope for yeah, that reason. Right. Like, I feel like I was really excited to hear Javia and his verse. Right. Yeah, I mean, this. we talked a little bit about this in prepping. Um, it made me think of the Romeo album that um, Utopia from last year that we were really into because um, it also did this thing of going back to kind of the, the, the legends and the people who really made the genre of bachata and choosing to feature with those folks versus featuring with some of like the hot new people now in the like Urbano world or whatever. You know, Romeo, I think, could have probably collaborated with whoever he wanted. Um, and while I think that was more of like a, this is like a, a real like bachata education and a very like methodical one. And it was like, this feels like it's bringing that element to it. And he's bringing these like people back to it, but it's, this album has a lot of different things going on. Whereas that one, Utopia felt like this is what this is. This is like, this is like an ode to and a education and a, um, a real like choice to go to this legacy of this genre that, you know, he has taken, um, in, in lots of directions. So it reminded me of it. I don't think it's the same thing, but it, it definitely brought that back for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really smart observation. And I think that that is some of what's happening here, right? Like, yes, there are like the new cosigns. There's like, you know, like you have like your Anuels and you have like your like, you know, like big, uh, big name collabs of like, and cosigns folks who are big yeah. now, yeah. you know, but like this like reggaeton education piece, like it's like, you know, it really comes out. It really, really comes out in a song that we're going to talk about later. But, mm -hmm. like, I think that there's all over this album you hear it. All over this album you hear, like, little references to, um, to like, reggaeton de Leante, de, de los Paris de Marquesina. You know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. really, I think it's a really smart and, and good comparison to, like, you know, it's, like, a similar thing going on, like, mm -hmm. Carlos, babies, yeah. you know, right. like, sit right. down, uh, take notes. Right, yep. Yeah, for sure. So should we talk about some of the Puerto Rican, like, slang? I think this song really brings it to the Yes, <laughs> yes. I got a text from my our good friend and also loyal listener, um, Sarah Audelo, and mm -hmm. she was like, a girl, I'm Mexican. What does bichillal mean? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. And, I had no idea. Well, yeah, I mean, I like sort of like deduced from like, you know, I know what a yal is and I know what a bicha is. <laughs> Just like I figured, you know, like sort of figured it out. But right before that, um, Francis Sola Santiago from Emperifoya had like written this whole thread about like, okay, y'all, like we're going to like really go into what bichillal actually means. 
And, you know, she's a Puerto Rican woman. She's from Caguas. So she has, like, all of this context that even, like, me as, like, a long-time reggaeton listener and, like, una caribeña también, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's, like, it's, this is, like, very, like, Puerto Rico-specific. Yeah. So Bicha, she's saying that it's, like, you know, similarly in Venezuela, it's like, como una mujer come mierda, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, le gustan las apariencias, verse bien, you know, like, it can be used derogatorily, but also, like, has been reclaimed. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, some... So, you might call yourself a bicha and also somebody might insult you by calling you a bicha, mm. you know? And then I think that like the most important piece for me that I think I learned a lot from this thread is like Jal as being a really charged term in terms of class and race in Puerto Rico. Mm. Because, you know, like I know Jal from, you know, it's like in all of these songs, right? <laughs> Las Yales. And also it's in all of these reggaeton songs, but also like from like West Indian music. It comes from like, you know, it comes from West Indian, like gal, like with a G, right? G-Y-A-L. Right. Right. And it's just like, I was like, it just means it's like a girl, right? But like there's this larger context, right? Of like, you know, using it to um, mean something really class and race in Puerto Rico that I feel like I hadn't picked up on because mm-hmm. I'm not Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. right? So I thought that that was really interesting. And so like Bichijal being like sort of on that. But um, so I think that there's so much of this. And like, again, like this is of, like how Puerto Rican this is. Like he's not trying to translate. He's mm-hmm. not trying to like... He's not trying to do this thing where it's like, oh, I need all of Latin America to understand me. He's like, no, I'm going to be hella Puerto Rican and like you're going to come to me or you're not going to get what I'm saying. Right. Right. Yep. You'll have to go to Twitter to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll put a link in the show notes to Francis's thread about this so y'all can can follow the walkthrough. But yeah, so I I think what's really fun about this song song and like about Yavia's lyrics is like just like how dirty it is. And I feel like, you know, we've talked about this. We talked about this with Gata. We talked about this, you know, before ourselves, but just like... Cuánto, cuánta falta hace lo sucio, like el perro es asqueroso, like, and I feel like they're like starting to get at it here, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, you know, esta, esta bichilla like termina en la cama amarrada, you know, like, pero yeah. no quiere estar amarrada, like it's just like, so I feel like it's like so, it's so on point. I really, I really love it. Right, right, and I think that gets back to sort of the argument I was making of like why this doesn't feel like pop, you know, but it. It also supports the argument you were making, too, around, like, he's trying to bring pop to a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, after this, I feel like we go on the album through this, like, stretch of, like, you know, like, sort of romantic songs that are, you know, for the most part, okay, in my opinion, you know, like, neither here nor there. Like, I might skip them or I might just, like, not pay that much attention to them when they're on, right? right? Like, you know, like... La Zona, like, has some cute lyrics, you know. I was, like, into when he's, like, si le gusta, lo repite, si no, delete, jodiste. I was, like, yeah, relate. Mm. Um, you know, Bete came out a while ago. Mm. And it's grown on me, although when I first heard it, it just made me want to listen to, like, Si Te Vas, like, the original, you know. Right. like yeah. So, that one's grown on me, um, too, yeah. Yeah, but it's grown on me. It's grown on me, you know, in the way that, like, shit on the radio grows on you, you know. It's, like, a... I don't like any of this. Like, sometimes I'm just like, I don't like this. And then, like, I hear it over and over again. I'm like, okay, now I like it. Like, it plays at the club and you're happy about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, similarly with the um, Such feature, again, like, it's grown on me. You know, I appreciate Such. Um, You know, he's, like, muy romántico. 
en verdad no es mi nota, like, in terms of, like, what I've been, like, into lately, but, mm -hmm. like, I'm really rooting for him. I'm really glad Bad Bunny has him on this record. And I'm really glad that he was on Fallon, too. And he was, like, you know, with Bad Bunny when he had that Alexa shirt on, and he was, like, yeah, here I am, you know? Yep. An Afro-Latino uh, who's singing in Spanish on uh, on mainstream fucking American TV. Yep. And it was it was also cute to see the way Bunny was like interacting with Fallon, you know, and like being funny and I don't know, I just like I haven't seen a lot of that side of him. He learned English. And being in English, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was kind of cute. And like the big album reveal, co cover reveal and all that was kind of cute. I didn't actually watch the whole yeah. thing. I just watched the clips on the internet, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the songs that we're not going to play that, like, I was kind of into is A Tu Merced. I thought that it was, like, cute. And, you know, I always love a track where a man is saying, yo hago lo que tú digas. Mm -hmm. And, again, we get into, like, the little, like, sucio bits here. Mm -hmm. Tú siempre mojada. Yo, yo que tengo sé. You know? <laughs> Dime que vamos a hacer. Mm -hmm. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm here for the sucio tracks. But, like, there's no suciedad, no asquerosidad on the whole album, like, the next track that we're going to talk about, which in my opinion is like the track that makes this whole fucking album. Right. Like right. this is like, this is the fucking song. She's that girl. So let's take a listen to Safaira featuring Jolly Randy in Niengo Flow. <laughs> When I saw, when I just saw the tracklist reveal, and I saw fucking Joel y Randy Iñengo, like on one fucking track, esa combi no lo hago de darle el piso pana. That shit's legendary. I was so fucking excited, man. And I was like, 
you know, like, Joel y Randy are, like, the nasty kings of reggaeton. It's like, Joel y Randy and Plan B are, like, mm-hmm. nasty, nasty. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I love that, like, asqueroso shit. And, like, there isn't a lot of that, like, in general, in mainstream urbano these days. Right. And I love that this fucking goes here, man. And this song is, like... A journey, right? Like, there's just so many it's things that are a happening. A journey, a journey, and a whole fucking education. So, I mean, just okay, let's talk about the lyrics first. I would say, like, again, like how nasty it is it makes me so fucking happy, you know? Like, <laughs> la nena se metió una pepa que la pone cachonda. Fucking hilarious. But then he's like, si yeah. tu novio no te lame el culo, no te mame el culo, pa eso que no mame, mami, yo te lambo toda. And he's like, yo like te lambo toda. Like, this, this, is, this is some deep shit, you know? Listen, <laughs> listen. When he says, yo te lambo toda, he means toda, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. And right. Again, I like, just want to say firm in his masculinity, you know. Yeah, and I just want to say also that this just confirms my assessment from my reggaetoneros who eat pussy peas that mm-hmm. like el conejo will go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's a question <laughs> after this. <laughs> He's like emphasizing yo te lambo toa, but like in terms of like the journey that this song is like this is really like fan service for kids who grew up on reggaeton and like a whole fucking education for new people you know mm-hmm. like as Nyengo says when like all the beat switching comes in like he's like orientando a la generación nueva you know mm-hmm. like and I have to say shout out to fucking Tiny and DJ Orma they snapped Tiny I think produced most of the songs that I liked on this album mm-hmm. I think he's such a fucking legend I'm a huge fucking fan um, of his production and like I just, I think he's a great choice for this because, you know, he's not that old, right? He's like in his early 30s, but he's been producing fucking classic reggaeton since he was like a literal teenager. He was like 15 producing classic fucking legendary shit. Wow. And like... The, to, to like choose a producer who is both like so on top of his game right now and has such a fucking history with the genre to do this particular track um, and do it with DJ Orma. It's just like, it's so, it's so fucking dope. Um, and like, I feel like just the samples and the references, I feel like there's so, so many. And I, I feel like I can hear a bunch of them. And I just know that I'm like missing some too. I just want to like sit down and like, you know, like write everything down and like, you know, figure it out. Yeah, it's incredible. And you did kind of try and research some of the samples that show up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I did like, you know, I was like listening to it and like, okay, like what are these like references here? And like, I was trying to like, see what I picked up on and like you know like one of the things that this seems very similar to me in the beat switchy way is Dale, Dale Pal Piso by Watusi featuring you know like you guessed it like Joely Randy as well as Nyango Flow right who are the features here and so it has like a similar like song structure where it's like constantly switching on that beat mm-hmm. but like I mean here I hear so many things I hear like that little sample from like um, Alexis y Fidel Tiburón which like 
Man, I fucking love that song. Mm-hmm. I was so fucking happy that they referred to Tiburon. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's also, like, so many little things, like, little, like, beats from, like, We So Hey, from, like, DJ Dicky, you know, like, you know, like, some, like, interpolations on Blanco Flake, like, some, like, early-ass underground shit that, like, you know, I know I'm missing shit, and also there's, like, it's, just, it's like, so cool, but, like... You know, there's even, like, a little bit, like, get your freak on riff from, like, Missy Elliott wow. that, like, I read in an interview, you know, shout out Timbaland, but I read in an interview that um, Tiny was talking about that lots of reggaeton and underground producers were using that riff um, in Los Parios de Marquesina. And I think that one of the coolest things about this whole song is that it's not just an ode and an education on early underground reggaeton, pero... It's like you, if you're listening, you can clearly hear the dance hall influence that came through Panama and early right. Puerto Rican reggaeton. Right. Like it's very, very obvious, right. right? And like it's if you're not already making those connections, like it makes it extremely clear right. for you, like where this shit came from. Right. Yeah. It's incredible, all of this in one track. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. For me, this song is like. This song could be the whole record, and I would be like, fuck yeah, just just Safaera forever. I think for me it's a little, like, chaotic, but I think that's the point, you know? It's just not my... Yeah, I've been having it on, just, like, on the house, and I feel like I cannot, like, continue my normal domestic activities when this comes on. I have to, like, stop and, like, berrear on, like, the nearest surface. (laughs) Like, I just, like, cannot. I cannot. To me, it's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, so nostalgic and so, like, you know, joyful to me. I just, like, cannot wait to hear this shit at the club. I think what's this and then the next song that we're going to talk about, like, it's just, like, the essence to me of this album is Puerto Rico. It's, like, really about Puerto Rico. So the next song... (laughs) I think really brings that home. This song is called Pe Fucking R. Take a listen. Si no sabes de dónde soy, no me ronquen, no. Si no sabes de dónde soy, no me ronquen. Si no sabes de dónde soy, no me ronquen, no. Si no sabes de dónde soy, eh, eh, yo soy de Pe Fucking R. So I just feel like El Conejo loves his isla, Mm -hmm. he loves El Caribe, and you know, this album in general, like I was saying, feels like a love letter to PR, and this song just really, really solidifies that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also not lost on me, like, the moment that we're in and, like, how hard things have been for people in Puerto Rico with, obviously, Hurricane Maria and all the aftermath and then the earthquake shit that's, like, still active and still, like, an issue for a lot of people. Um, so it's kind of, like, an important moment, I think, to send love to La Isla and, and all the people that are still trying to to make life happen there despite all the barriers and challenges. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I really like about this song is 
again, it has features that are like Puerto Rican, like OGs, like Arcángel and Kendo Caponi. Arcángel and Kendo Caponi really sort of like talk about the, you know, just some of the rougher shit that's yeah. happening in Puerto Rico right now, right? Like Arcángel talks about how he is from. He's from Villa Palmeras, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like a, you know, like a rough, a rough area, right? And, um, and he's talking about like, you know, like, de donde viene, de donde vengo yo, la vida no vale mucho, so mejor que no te aferres, you know? And it's like, god damn, you know? Like, it's intense, it's intense, right? And he's like being super fucking real about like what it means to like, you know, live in places with a lot of addiction and a lot of underground economy and a lot of violence, right? And like that, that's actually the reality of many, many Puerto Ricans right now. And, um, and I think that both this song and the next song, um, 25 Ocho, they talk about more political things, right? From like the, this like reality that Arcángel is talking about to like, you know, like the minimum wage that like won't go up. You know, the fact that people are still living under fucking toldos after the earthquake. That shit like remains a reality even though it's no longer in the news. So I think that like this track and the next one are like really where he gets like to dig deep into that, into like, you know, this is what, this is a reality of what my island is going through. Yeah, it's important and like heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. And like, like at the same time, like, I feel like this can't not be an anthem for you if you're Puerto Rican. It's like, yo soy de pe fucking erre. Like, yeah, this is where I'm fucking from. Like, shit's hard, but like, here we are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that it really captures some of the like, you know, some of the, uh, uh, of that dichotomy of like, within really hard situations, there's also like a lot of um, power to be had and to be found. Yeah, for sure. A lot of pride. Yeah. So we want to talk about two more songs on this album before we wrap um kind of getting to some of the last tracks on the album so the next one we're going to take a listen to is the 19th track on this album and it's called hablamos mañana <laughs> So this song I really wanted to include. It features um, Duki and Pablo Chile. I wanted to 
to bring it because it's more of like the genre bending stuff that I really expected from Conejo. Um, right. And, you know, Duki and Pablo Chile are um, Argentina and Chile, respectively. So it's like kind of like also uh, paying, you know, not a nod to like the really vibrant trap, you know, Latin trap scene that's happening, you know, like in El Cono Sur down there. Um, so it's uh, it, it's a, like a nod to that. And, and it's dope. It's dope that he's like, you know, like this shit's happening elsewhere, yeah. too. I feel like after Por Siempre, he was kind of teasing, right? That he was like, I'm trying to see what people are ready for, and then I'm going to push it even more. And I think I expected more of that from this album. Based yeah. On and like, I think this one and maybe the first one have the most sort of like gender genre bendiness to them. Um, and the others, you know, do a lot of different interesting things, but aren't like, you know, it was like that... Um, he put out that ranchera, right, this summer? Right. You know, stuff like that was kind of what I was expecting. And yeah. I mean, I guess that's the theme of this album is he does what he wants, you know, and this is where he wanted to go. So, Right, right. Like that song with Nathaniel Cano. Mm-hmm. And he also like did that like Father's Day bolero. So he was like right. being like oh, dipping yeah, into like <laughs> all these like, you know, sort of unusual for an Urbano artist genres. And um I think that is, like, I did expect a little bit more of that, but I think that he was like, okay, no, I did that on Por Siempre, like, I'm on a new one right. now. But this one, I feel like, um, really got that. It yeah, really got that. I and did. I think, um, I feel like personally, it was really fucking fun to hear, and I felt really seen because, you know, like, in 1999, I was listening to, like, corny new metal and El Chombo. You wow. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I feel, like, <laughs> really personally seen yeah. by something like this. Because yeah. it's just, like, I have always been a person that's listened to a lot of different fucking genres of music. And, like, have never been, like, super, like, aferrada una cosa, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, or one scene. Yeah. Or, um, or often have felt, like, myself, like, divided, right? Like, just, like, by being like an immigrant in in like this world right Right. like there's lots of times where like you know like i'm this person here i'm this person there and like never shall all of them meet because like not everybody i'm not legible to everywhere everywhere in every place in every way So in that sense that this, like this coming together feels very sort of like, you know, I just like feel like sort of like seen here. I'm like, oh, you also listened to corny new metal. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, like you like have all of this, like, you know, you did stuff and you reference all of this like OG shit and like, you know, like body de Marquesina reggaeton and have a lot of love and respect for that and then out here like with el duque and pablo chile like doing like this like a hilarious breakdown that sounds like lincoln park i mean i don't want to say hilarious i don't say that in a bad way it's just like for me i was like oh my god this is is this like amazing yeah. <laughs> this is amazing and of course tiny produced this my tropical goth king <laughs> like <laughs> fucking amazing yeah yeah yeah, unexpected, but I guess that's the point, is that he's trying to 
to keep us on our toes. Yeah, and... yeah. I mean, I hopes for more uh, for more surprises of like this. Yeah, for sure. And so then, you know, we're at the last track mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right? So. 20 songs in, I think my verdict is like not all 20 of them are palos. Right. <laughs> Sorry, boo. They're not all palos. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they're definitely at the very least fun, most yeah. of them, right? Like they'll make you perrear. Like you won't be mad at them if they come on the club. Like none of them are like, wow, I got to skip this because it sucks. You know, like, um, and there's a few that are fucking gold. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it's a really, really solid album. And to end it on this last track, which is like, it's very sweet and very confessional and very tender, yeah. very Pisces. A little of him. sad too. Yeah, it feels, it feels sad. It is. It's like very vulnerable for right. him in a way that like isn't usual. Right. Yeah, and he's being kind of like, he's like reflecting. Um, we're gonna play a clip for you at, at the end of the episode after our outro. So we're just gonna talk a little bit about it. Now, I mean, this one reminded me of the new Residente song that came out, like, maybe a week before this album, René, that Mm. also has, like, a really sad, um, I mean, more sad even than this one, because I think that's really about, like, mental health and mental health struggles and, like, his childhood and growing up in PR and, like, how hard that is. Yeah. But also, I think the thing that connects these two is, like, the struggles of being in this world and, like, being in this music um, in the field of music and also being like a star in some ways and like the ways in which that's really hard and sad. And that's kind of what these two, I've kind of like, somebody tweeted, I think they don't like a support group for these two, you know, it's like, oh. hopefully they're connected. Um, but yeah, it's really tender and like sweet and a little sad. And I think reveals like how tough this is. Like, this is not an easy life. You know what I mean? Like, I think we can glorify it we've talked about this before that like fame can seem like so amazing but I think on the inside it's actually really lonely and tough and um and also like takes a lot out of you especially at the level that he's producing so yeah yeah I mean he sort of like started to get into like this vibe and like Otra Noche in Miami on Mm, Por Siempre yeah um but this is like very very you know like very vulnerable like I said you know he's like esto de la fama hasta me tiene enfermo coño like Saco otro y me retiro, you know, like he's really sick of the pace, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. But then he's like, I'm doing another one in nine months. Like, why, boo? Like, yeah. why? Take your time. I don't know. I don't I don't think I get it. Maybe he just feels like he has it in him now and then he wants to like Just stop? wants to be done. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know if like, it's hard to know how serious these things right. are, right? And like yeah. all people always are like, you know, I'm going to retire and like, this isn't even, like, a big announcement or anything, you know? It's just, like, you know, like, capaz que nueve meses saco otro y me retiro tranqui, but, like, you know, capaz the que lyrics, no, you right? know, is, yeah, is the way lyrics. that I heard it. Yeah. But, like, um, right. it's just, like, it felt like to me, like, damn, sometimes I feel like just quitting this fucking shit because it's so much. Yeah. Um. But, uh, but, yeah, so I feel like it's, like, to me what that said, what it feels like is, like, just you know, I just want to be done with this as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, like, maybe it's also, like, in the lead-up to, like, something, a big project being complete. Like, You're not that out. <laughs> he's going to rest now, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's got, like, this whole interview schedule now, and, like, he's, like, you know, like, giving interviews and probably going to go on tour and then, you know, all this stuff. But um, I think... 
I, I think that it's it's a lot, and I, I hope that he's got people in his life that are, you know, supporting him through the hard moments. Yeah. Even as, like, there's a lot of celebration for for this. I feel people, you know, like, I think that for me, even though this is, like, you know, like a solid album, I think that it's been really well received. A lot of people are very, very excited about it. Yeah, they are. Um, So I feel like, you know, it's got to feel good. It's got to feel good. I hope so. I hope so. And maybe it's, like, the thing where... At the end of, yeah, like you said, at the end of a really hard project, you're so done with it and you like never want to do it again, but then you kind of have <laughs> right. amnesia and you remember, you, you do it again anyway, kind of like childbirth, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe that's what it is, but I was definitely surprised by that. And, um, you know, it's lonely on top. That's what they say. So, and I see it. I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want it, but I do appreciate what Ooh, he- no what he offers and what other creative folks in his world offer by, um, and like, I wonder, you know, what does daddy and Kay have to say about longevity? You know, like the people who've been able to make it work, like what is it that, mm-hmm. that makes it work, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe it's actually just really hard when you come up so young, I don't know. Or you, and you come up so young in a time with so much exposure, you know, cause when daddy and he was coming up, it looked different. Like you put out albums, but like people weren't watching your every move on social media, you know, it was like a really different, right. I think the right. pace was different and maybe the privacy also looked different. I don't know. So. Yep. Yep. But I appreciate, I'm here for, you know, when Benito's on Team Feelings and, like, reveals a little bit more about what he's going through. And it's not just the more expected, you know, dirty reggaeton or, like, the, the sort of classic songs about breakups and heartbreak and whatever. But this feels, like, a little bit more vulnerable. And I appreciate that. For sure. For sure. Well, here's this last song. It's a little emoji heart. Thank you so much for listening. As always, all of the information for all the songs and everything that we talked about is on the show notes. And you can follow us on social media. We have a newsletter that's cute. Sign up for it. Link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. So super appreciate y'all. Um, if you haven't reviewed us yet, reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts are really, really helpful. And we always read them and appreciate your comentarios. So take a minute to do that if you haven't already. All right, fam. Hasta la próxima. Ciao. Me fue cabrón. No sé si me viste en el Super Bowl. Yo no juego básquet, pero soy una estrella. Por eso es que me invitan a jugar con ella. Mi flow es NBA. Ey, yo no quiero ser un dios. Yo no quiero ser un rey. Si todos quieren ser yo, todos quieren mi DNA. Me escriben un párrafo y les contesto que Ey, que tú qué cabrón. Nah, no mames, güey. Si Lebron es Lebron con 23 o con el 6. Por cierto, ayer lo Vista va conmigo en el stage Dame un break, estoy hablando con Triple H Porque yo no rompo récord, yo le hago un roto Este disco está cabrón, lo hice pa' vosotros Ey, Y en nueve meses vuelvo y saco otro Pa' retirarme tranquilo como Miguel Coto. Aunque después esté en mi casa solo y aburrido Y aunque mis mejores temas aún no han salido Pero hablando claro, gente, ya ni duermo Y esto de la fama me tiene hasta enfermo Gracias a pa' a mami por todos los regaños Gracias a ustedes soy el mismo todos los años Recuerdo castigado me iba pa' la cama Por eso era de grande Hago lo que me dé la gana, yeah.